and then Black Widow. It's a hard one. I don't know. Black I don't know. Widow. Oh yeah, we're ready. No, no we're going. We're just oh, oh yeah, we're going. Go. Not everything was recording. Oh okay. So they're on now. Oh yeah. Why don't you give me like a clap, like a big obvious like. All right, we're going. Okay. Um, again, so I don't know. I don't know. Black Widow. Wait, remind me of her character. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, oh. man. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to remember the character. Her character. I'm like. You haven't seen Infinity War ten times like me. No, I haven't. Sorry, I haven't. I haven't okay, okay, seen no, it ten <laughs> times like you. Okay, now, now I, I'm. She's I'm coming back. I think that she was voted the most what, useless Avenger, <laughs> which, which I could actually see that being true. But you know, I don't. They have had a, a really cool. Um, they had a really cool fight scene in it, Wakanda, where in uh, the bonus features. No, when Proxima. Oh, Proxima Midnight and her were fighting. Well, yeah, but when she when Proxima takes or owns uh, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. and she's about to go in, and then you just hear like she's not Widow. alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have like this like nice moment where it's like, oh damn, this is kind of cool. Yeah, like as far as hand to hand combat goes, she's 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 badass, you know. Um, but you know, Nerds. out of those three, hmm? <laughs> 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 whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> So a cool I, scene. So I have a would you rather question. Oh. All right. Well, it's kind of like that. So say, for example, if a billionaire, he comes up to you and says, and says like, hey, man, so I will buy you your dream car, all expenses paid, all mods paid. You don't have to worry about anything. However, you have to eat from the dollar menu on from like, you know, what Burger King or to McDonald's or Taco Bell. All foods that will destroy you down there, you know. Well, I so, have a preference. So, so if he said that to you, but you have to eat there six times a day, every single day for about a month. So, which car would you pick, and would you be able to do it for a month straight? Wow, six times a day. Six times a day. So you have to go to six times a day. So you have to go to Mickey D's and order off the dollar menu. God knows what's inside of that food. You have to eat that six times, well, six meals a day for a month straight. And then after that, he hands you the keys, says, says that, that there's no car note. Have fun. Which car? And, and would you do it? For a month? For 30 days. So now... I, I didn't watch that movie. Did you watch that one movie where that one dude did that? I saw it. I yeah. saw it. He almost died. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Super Size Me? Uh, yeah. 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 But he was like eating like at least like three or four meals a day, yeah. I think. I think I haven't seen it in yeah, a but while. But this is all the dollar menu. Like the, Yeah, the like, dollar menu. First off, if your food costs a dollar, yeah. it ain't food. It's just some science experiment. Well, I'm just saying it. like, I mean, I don't know. I'd probably go like on like, I wouldn't be going crazy. But you have to have six meal. meals a day, right? Can you, can you, is one meal like a dollar fry? Exactly. No. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We're finding, <laughs> we're complicating <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, just make it easy, all right? Just, just make, six make meals a day. easy? M- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so which car and would you be able to do it? Or would you try it? I, I would know. try it. I would try it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. The gains I would make would probably be ridiculous. Mm. I think that my heart might explode in my chest, yeah. but but I would try it. 
I would do it for. Well, I'm not, I'm a lot closer to you guys than for my heart exploding <laughs> in my chest. So I probably would. <laughs> well, you know, I think I could do it for, like, you know, a Koenigsegg, a Gira, or the Agira R. That's that's my dream car right there. I don't really know if I have a dream car. Yeah, I'm kind of on weird. the same. Yeah, I'm on the same like line right there. I don't really know. I mean, I, there are a lot of cars that I like, but I don't yeah. know that I have like a like a definitive one car. Yeah, because then me like, neither. But with just that one. So that he's is, he's just know. you're just talking car note, right? Is he also going to pay for the the servicing? Because you know, like if I get a all expenses Ferrari, paid, okay. all, <laughs> all expenses paid, all mods paid, whatever you you can think of, it's yours. No hassle, <laughs> no nothing. Damn, I don't know. I'd got to go like La Ferrari or La something. La Ferrari. Yeah, that was probably us around where I was going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a hard question. I couldn't tell you. Mm. All right. I'm for purposes of this question. I'm gonna say La Ferrari. La Ferrari. Okay, so McDonald's for 30 days straight, La Ferrari, if you survive. Cardio. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die trying. Oh, we're right there with you. We despise cardio. All right, guys. So we made it to the second episode of, yep. of the JadaCast podcast. And uh, how's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Doing fine. Kind of sleepy, but you know, it's that three o'clock feeling on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I heard somebody call call Thursday, what Friday's Eve. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> well. like that's somebody who lives for a weekend, definitely. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cool with that though. So, some of the topics that we have here here today, um, you know, I want to think of it kind of like you know, for people who might be new new to our products be new to maybe a whole collectible car scene. You know, a lot of people, they might not know the intricacies of what it takes to make a die-cast car. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it would be cool if we could sort of, uh, you know, try to map that out a little bit better. So I know that for a fact, when I had first started here, I had no idea what a die-cast car was. I just thought it was like, you know, any other car, kind of like you know uh, like you know hot wheels or something like that i had no idea what what a die cast car exactly is and so can we go in so could we go into details and then elaborate further on well what exactly is a die cast collectible car well what what's what's your idea of it now that you've been working here now that that i've been working here my idea of it is probably something like you know it's made out of well metal 100 percent metal the um the details are bar none you mm -hmm. know almost flawless um it's lifelike it's heavy mm -hmm. you know just to show off off its quality um and i know that it's super expensive <laughs> to make and tool yeah. so yeah. that's kind of my idea of it i'm probably still still a, still a little squirrely on that one but uh that's my idea of yeah. what a diecast. So for for the most part, it may not be 100% diecast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's 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 a good portion of it is diecast. Maybe at least 60%. You know, with what we're doing with it, uh, there's a lot of cool features or characteristics of diecast that that make it feel more valuable and more quality. Uh, it's the the heaviness, mm -hmm. the cold touch also is a nice mm. feel. When you uh, grab a toy. Uh, car that's plastic it doesn't have that cold feel to it 
Oh, this um, is pretty cold, right? Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of comforting to your hand when you feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit. Uh, um, so it just feels so safe. With it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, there's a uh, the amount of detail you can get onto it. Uh, it's it's definitely a collectible thing because of the quality and how long they can last. You know, plastic toys are usually made to be broken pretty much. You know, you you don't really collect a plastic toy. You, they're made to be played with. Um, these are more durable, but because of the craftsmanship that goes into them, you don't want them to be really played with as much. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, you can. You know, we're, we're in the, the business of making toys. Yeah. So you can play with them. And then our toys are, are typically uh, uh, more affordable than some of the higher-end uh, collectible die-casts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can, you can play with these all you want. Uh, they'll, they'll last you a good long time. It's just you don't have to worry about breaking a hundred dollar you know 124 scale die cast because because mm-hmm. we're more affordable but w- that doesn't cut back on the quality because uh, jada toys basically is is what you know we were founded on is is the idea of having a quality collectible at an affordable price mm-hmm. and that's our our that's how we've been doing things for as long as i've been here okay i think to add to that point too uh you know, it's it's all I think perception. I think also when you're talking about diecast, a lot of it is just in the material of it, of it, right? Like the things that, or the material that it's actually made out of. Um, but in today's day and age, you, you know, with cost of goods and all that, you know, rising, it's becoming a little bit more expensive to manufacture these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you start to see a lot of companies kind of stray away from that and, and going into plastic. And again, kind of like what Mike was alluding to earlier was like, well, plastic's not, uh, in our opinion, like a true, true collectible. It doesn't have like that that feeling. And going back to perception, mm-hmm. when you hold a diecast, you know, model versus like a plastic model, there's just no comparison. It's night and day. Yeah. It doesn't even look the same. Like the paint, like if you hit it with a metallic paint or candy finish, it just doesn't stick the same. Um, so it's almost like bringing back a piece of nostalgia into. Um, the model yeah yeah it's also it's not only cars it's our figures too right, if you ever right. pick up a plastic figure and then you pick up one of our or pick up not pick up <laughs> pick up one of our die cast figures um almost always when someone picks them up for the first time they like whoa wow and the first thing they think is quality because of the weight uh and most of our figures especially the nanos are are 100 die cast um, a lot of the other uh, four-inch figures, depending on what property it is, could be 100% diecast or at least 51% diecast. But that weight and that feel equates to quality. That's exactly how I felt when I first started to work here. Um, I picked up, up just with some of our stuff, and I was like, whoa, I feel like you know I could hurt somebody. With yeah, this yeah, like, yeah. Know, dropped it on their foot or something. It's exactly. Like, it's, like, it's kind of a workout, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's interesting. It's, like, it's kind of like the best of both worlds, I think, you know, because we were talking about earlier about the ability to play with if one desired to, you very well could, but it also really lends itself just to be displayed very nicely, mm-hmm. you know, um, just, again, with the quality and the craftsmanship that goes behind it, I think... It just looks good on shelf, yeah, or in package, whatever whatever people choose to do with it. It's kind of made to be glossed over. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of most of the people that I know will like pose them around their desk mm-hmm. at work, you know, surrounding themselves with these cool little collectible things. And I think it's just, uh, you know, it's all preference and where you how you want to collect. Some people collect in package, some people collect out of package, or mm-hmm. com- some people people do all three by three 
copies of the same thing. Do that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like they open one, store one, and keep one in package. Hmm. All right. Well, that pretty much sums it up pretty good. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know that some of this is that secret, well, confidential information, but, you know, if we could could sort of talk about it a little bit, but uh, how much does it cost to make a die-cast figure typically? You know, Well, we don't have to give away exact <laughs> figures or anything like that, but, you know, just ballpark estimates and, Ooh. well, what exactly is factored into those costs? You know, why, especially for maybe a single Pre pre production sample, you know, I was kind of astounded to fi- <laughs> would like to learn of how expensive that it really is. Yeah, that's, that's I I don't know the costing for all that, but I just know it's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's multiple forms or not forms, but steps that we have to take, and each step has a different cost to it. Mm-hmm. So, and at the end of the day, after we go through all the steps, it's can get. <laughs> pretty pretty substantial it's yeah i mean like there are different factors i think that play into you know the creation of one figure one model i think it all kind of starts without kind of you know going like a little too in depth in it but it's just like it all starts with you know you identify maybe what that particular product item is going to be um, if it's a licensed thing, you know, you obviously you're going to be bringing in the licensor and going into negotiations and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be some sort of like fees hidden in that, right? And then you enter um, a contract, things of that nature. Then you're talking about from the manufacturing standpoint, um, you know, w- opening a, a new tool for the creation of something that doesn't yet exist. And there's, there's a cost associated with that. Then you get into other variations or steps within that process of sample making um, to the final product, like it, the the cost just kind of keeps building and building. So um, without going like too in depth, that's just kind of like a quick look or, or glance at you know some of the processes that we have to go through mm-hmm. um, to get to the finished product. Yeah, it, it can get pretty involved. And if I can get into a little bit more detail, I think we all kind of explain and run through how it goes from concept to oh, uh, completed project please. or um, product. So we start off with a concept board. This is just an illustration of what the product is going to be. <clears throat> and then we would uh, submit that to the licensors or we show it to all the salespeople here. And, um, you know, because this is coming from the product development side. Um, we show it to the salespeople here and see if they all agree that this is a good product that we want to move forward with. So once that's done, then we, uh, if it has a licensor involved, so say like it's a Chevy, we have to send the the idea to Chevy and say, mm. this is what we want to do. This is the cost of the, the product that it's going to be on shelf. Um, you guys down to do it? And then they say yes or no. Um, if they say yes, then we move on to 3D. So we start, we have our illustrators and our, and our vehicle designers start designing the car mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a line art form. We call it a technical drawing. And from that technical drawing, we have to send it over to our 3D artist who will make it into a 3D digital file, which we then submit to our licensors again. And then they approve or disapprove or give us comments. And uh, once that's approved, then we go on to making what's a called, called a clay. And that's just the clay model of the, uh, the actual product. This is the first time we're actually going to be able to hold it and feel it. Um, this clay model now, it's called a clay. It used to be made of clay. Now it's 3D printed. 
So it's a lot lighter, a lot more efficient to make. Um, it may not be as detailed because sometimes the 3D prints are lower resolution. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so you'll see like these lines and stuff all I over see. the place. But then they do have polished ones sometimes. It depends on, on who the licensor is and what they require when we, we submit it. Mm -hmm. um, after the clay, it goes on to what's called a hand sample, which is a plastic version of the actual die-cast vehicle. Uh, everything is plastic, even the die-cast parts. Um, we take that, look at it, make sure that it looks good, all the, the fitment is correct, uh, all the hinges are working, and then we submit that to the licensor, get the approval, then we go into what's called a first shot. It's the very first car that comes out of the, of the tooling molds. Uh, so in between the, the hand sample and the, the first shot is the tooling process, and that takes a while, and that's really expensive. And once we get the, the hand sample, or the first shot done, get that approved, then we go on to production. Okay. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, 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 the, the typical time frame that, that goes uh, to, to finish that part of it up is probably about a good average is around nine months. Nine months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, well, that was quite a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Know. It's quite the process. Really. It is. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of steps that go along with it. And, uh, and there's a lot of uh, back and forth between the licensors and the, and the design team. And then in between all that, the marketing people have to start to figure out when they can start marketing these things and not doing it too early. And if there's an embargo date and when they can't show and when it can show and it's, it's, it's a lot to consider. Yeah. And that's just one, one, uh, item. Yeah. That's just <laughs> one item. And then we have like a what, bunch, like, you know, multiple, uh, have, multiple items. We have, we have hundreds of things per line almost, it seems. Multiple yeah. items, multiple brands, um, you know, multiple licensors, all different things to take into consideration, you know, mm -hmm. when we're talking about starting something, something new. So. But Daryl, why can't you just create this car I want, you know, like, why can't you just, well, make this, be like, hey, you should make, I'm being, being a little, well, tongue in cheek here, it's just something I see, <laughs> you know, We've it's something, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I see it on our social media all the time, and well, make no mistake, guys, I love you. Y'all pay my bills. I love talking to you and stuff like that. But I always have people asking or, well, not even asking, but they're just commanding, you know, saying like, hey, make this. Hey, make that. And I'm like, we would love to, man. I would love to have that out. But it's not exactly that simple. You know, it's not, you know, I can't just just pull it off of an apple tree. You know, it's. It's a lot more complex than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there, let me let me real quick. Okay. Let me. Um, I worked here for ten years. Yeah. I would love them to make my truck. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't made our truck, and I'm the one in charge of the diecast <laughs> department. You know. Yeah. So there's reasons why we don't do certain vehicles. There's reasons why we, you know, whether it's it's, you know, a lot of it is out of our hands. You know, I would love to do a lot of your cars. A lot of the people who have like really cool cars, it's just that either you know we're either the the, the buyers aren't into that kind of vehicle or mm -hmm. the the market is not buying that style of vehicle. Uh, it, it we it, we have to watch the trends and see where it's going, mm -hmm. and maybe it's just not the right time to get these things into the into the marketplace. Right. Maybe it's just not popular enough. Maybe it's you know there's a lot of other like so many different like reasons why we can or can't make a, a vehicle in diecast. 
as a toy because it's you know there's just too many factors. Yes, it's never personal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> not. No, definitely not. And we, it's also like opening the floodgates, so to speak, right? Because you're like, oh, once you do one, then people are gonna be like, oh, well, what about me? Like, and, and you don't want to alienate people. You know, you don't want to make them feel like their car is not like you know good enough. Like, yeah. that's it's but not we want the, to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, come on. Like you know, the the reality is they're like. And kind of how Mike just walked you through the process of, of making like one die cast vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's just going back to it all. There's there just so many things to take into consideration. It could be a license thing. It could be a, a buyer thing, you know, a, a retailer thing. Maybe yeah. the demand for the particular vehicle is not enough. Maybe the style of the vehicle is not really true to Jada style. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I said, multiple things to take into consideration. And while at the end of the day, we would love to do a lot of the ones that we see, um, again, it's just maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe it could come later down the road. Or maybe you see like an inspired by version, mm. maybe, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. there are different uh, routes that we can take yeah. in, in terms of our approach to that. Yeah, and, and doing this for so many years, uh, it's just... Uh, we, we kind of know, we have a feeling for what will work and what won't work. You know, sometimes there's things that, that really uh, uh, surprise us. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we, and we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, usually, typically, like, cars that aren't on the street here in the United States don't do really well because people aren't familiar with what that car is. There's no emotional connection, connection to it correct. just yet. Yeah, but... One of our best-selling vehicles, diecast in 124 and uh, and 132, is the Lycan Hypersport. Mm. And for some reason, that car has done really well, even though it's only in one scene of one Fast and Furious movie. Mm -hmm. And no one's ever seen it out here. Actually, there's there's only 11 of them in the world. um, I I mean, not, not including the Fenir, just the Hypersport. The Hypersport, I think that they've only produced, well, seven of them. Seven, all right. And, like, only two of them have actually sold. Yeah, so it's super, super rare. Nobody really knows what the car, but it's doing really well for us. So that one mm-hmm. is one of the surprise items yeah. from us. And and it's cool. We love it. I mean, it's they're, they're cool partners. And, and yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, there has to be, like, some type of fantasy aspect to that, maybe, as to why there, people yeah, are buying there, it. So yeah, you know? uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's just yeah, it, it, that one just really. Just there's, took so us there's by I mean, like there's some strange ones, honestly. Like, I mean, to the Lycan Hypersport, I guess I can uh, kind of understand it because it's like, I mean, there's nothing like it. No, I, I think when you're it. talking about like the aesthetic of that car, um, just whether in reality or how we're able to replicate it down to a diecast execution, like it, it's a beautiful looking car. Yeah. So, and in terms of like approaching it that way, I can I can understand. What I can't understand, actually, in our Fast and Furious line. The 124 scale is the ripsaw. <laughs> yeah, the ripsaw. The, oh. So for those of you guys who don't know or like haven't seen it, the ripsaw is the uh, tank. The tank. Yeah, that, the tank. Uh, it's our only diecast vehicle in the line with tank treads. Yeah. Like and what yeah. of all the Fast and Furious cars like that in a period like a period of time at a at the retail stores like that was the number one selling vehicle. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't wrap my mind around that. Yeah, that really. was really odd to me too because you know you think of Fast and Furious as a custom car uh, property. Yeah, and then here comes a tank that's just doing gangbusters at retail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean you have cars like you know the uh, like the Cuda or the Ice Charger, mm-hmm. um, you know like the Chevy, the 
Stingray Corvette, like all these cars, these classic cars, and maybe even like super modified cars. That's very true to the Fast and Furious DNA. And who, who drove that car? The, 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 the tank? Yeah. Tej? Luda. 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 Yeah, see, the and also guy. like Luda. usually, <laughs> usually the, uh, the, the, the main character cars are the ones that sell well for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, he's not, he is a main character. I mean, but he's not like the hero car. Yeah. You know, like. And it was just in, again, it's, a, it's one scene. It well, wasn't really kind of yeah featured yeah. that like crazy in, in any of those scenes. It wasn't like jumping out of a building. It was just yeah. being thrown around by a submarine, right? Was that the one? Or escaping from a submarine, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean that like, that's an anomaly. Like I can't even understand that. At least yeah. the yeah. hypersport, I can. Yeah, you know. I mean, but even the hypersport, like W Motors, no one's really heard of it until the movie, right? Yeah. You know, you got you got the Lamborghini, you got you got Ferrari, you got Bentley, you got Koenigsegg. There's all these names that are out there that are you know really crazy. That are crazy popular. I mean, yeah. And you know, we it's some of them didn't do as well as what this like in hypersports. <laughs> and they've actually been around as a company for quite some time now. You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're doing some of, cool like, stuff. Their breakthrough. Yeah. Well, the veneer is just is just out of this world. Yeah. Man. Shout out to W Motors. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like, hey guys, I'd really like like to hang out out there sometime. You know, we weren't doing shout outs. <laughs> hey, they're a partner of ours. Okay, it's all yeah. good. Yeah, showing, <laughs> some, <laughs> showing some love over here. <laughs> but you know, um, another one that that just sells crazy, and every time time I post it on social media, it gets stupid amount of likes. The Grand National. It that's a classic. Crazy, it gets a yeah, crazy a amount of likes. You know what? No matter what it does. <clears throat> Stupid amount of likes, like whenever, like twenty five hundred minimum. Whenever I'm at uh, a car show or or anything car related, and they know that, and I'm representing Jada Toys, mm-hmm. there's at least one person coming up to me asking, "When are you guys going to do the Grand National again? When are you going to do?" Because the, they know about it, they knew that we had it before, and uh, now that we re-released it and, and are doing it again, yeah. they're all over it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's a big community that that's just all about that car. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, and you find that with a lot of other cars too. Like I know there's a like a a, a Merc uh, community out there, and and Merc, yeah, the the Mercury Coupe Fifty One. Brush up on your car history, man. Har- <laughs> Harley Quinn bombshell. Maybe oh, that'll ring okay, a bell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to say. Coming <laughs> soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I call myself a car guy. <laughs> Well, the classic car is a whole different monster. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. too much to really, you know, to wrap my mind around. Yeah. Well, with all of those facts in mind, you know, um, so I feel like that that pretty clearly illustrates why we can't just come up with, like, any car mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Another thing thing that you had, had pointed out to me a while ago that, that was pretty interesting was, like, you know, if we were were to come out with like a certain wave of cars and one is just was sitting there mm-hmm. how like how like it could tarnish our line in a way yeah like, yeah so that? yeah so this kind of goes along with the topic that you were talking about mm-hmm. of um, doing cars that we don't think will work in a line yeah um if we have a wave of six cars for example 124 a scale and one of them doesn't sell well um so imagine on the store level on the shelf you have six cars Five of them get sold. There's one left. The store has to replenish that shelf with mm-hmm. new product. So they bring out another box of the same of the same uh, wave. Put five put all six cars out. Mm-hmm. 
five of that six car pack gets sold. Now you have two of those dog cars that don't sell well on the shelf. Do that multiple times. Now your a shelf is filled with one car that doesn't sell well and it won't ever sell. And what happens is it stays stagnant. Um, if they can't, if they don't have room to replenish, they don't reorder from us, and it looks really bad because now it looks like we have a wave of just one car mm-hmm. on the shelf. So we have to be really careful on what cars we choose to do because if there's one that doesn't sell well and it stays on a shelf, we call them peg warmers. Mm. Um, it'll make us look bad not only to the consumers because it doesn't look like we're doing anything new because they all they see is just this one car on the shelf. And it also looks bad to the retailers because now they're not moving any product. Right. Also yeah. could potentially put the line at risk of being moved off the shelf, mm-hmm. which we don't ever want. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Because people start start to associate the entire line with just that one ugh, car. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 I mean, it, it, everyone remembers the worst part of like any bad news. Like whenever you hear new news, is whether it's good or bad, you always remember the bad, right? Yeah. So if you're looking at the shelf, tendency. Yeah. If you're looking at the shelf and you like see one bad car in a wave, you're like, oh man, I don't like that product because you know they, they made this one car. Like, oh, that company sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's maybe sound weird, but yeah, we've heard that before, and it's and we've had experiences where one car did kill a whole line. And uh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should we talk about that, or or maybe not? Um, I mean, I think it's it's well, an older line. Which car exactly was it? PT Cruiser. PT. Oh, <laughs> see, even yeah. your yeah, yeah. <laughs> your face just said it all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, the PT Cruiser. We did a PT Cruiser in a 164 scale line that that mm. was doing was it's an awesome line, but we threw that one car in, and it just yeah, it just it just didn't do well. Mm. Yeah, and it pretty much killed the line. Yeah, I could. I mean, I mean. <laughs> all of everything, but, but yeah, the PT Cruiser, yeah. That's, that, that's just an abomination. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, nothing personal Christ to our team man. here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> it is what it is. Well, you know, I think <laughs> it wasn't that it was the PT Cruiser. It just didn't fit in the line. Mm-hmm. It's not the car itself as a, as, a, as a design. It was the genre of what that car was in. So we had it. In a big time muscle line? No, no. Or? The PT Cruiser was actually in a in a, our our low rider line. Oh, okay, okay. So it didn't really match mm. with that style, or it wasn't a car that people thought was desirable. Mm-hmm. People were doing it; they were they were fixing up that car in that style, but it just was one car that people were like. Oh, why would I want to buy that one? Because it's you know it wasn't really fitting. Really, yeah, like yeah. So we have a couple of cars that are like that. That I think you know, like um, like I feel like. A Ford GT, uh-huh. it's kind of somewhere in between a muscle car, but it's also you know a supercar super at car, the same yeah. time. Yeah. Right? So we have it in the big time muscle line, which is awesome. By yeah. the way, yeah. Um, also, a Lycan Hypersport. I mm-hmm. know that 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 is a part part of BTM. Yeah. Well, it's, it it is because um, there's sometimes that we we are asked by the retailers to mm-hmm. put this vehicle in and they like it they want oh, it really? into their their um, assortment oh, okay. on the store level so we either throw it in as big time also or big time custom mm-hmm. uh, that's that was a rare one where we did throw it into that but uh, you know it kind of seems like it would be like in hyperspec almost yeah yeah and yeah. we are putting it in hyperspec oh, okay. so that will be coming soon um, actually yeah there's some cool designs coming from that mm-hmm. I'll be uh, uh, excited for everyone to see that um, but. Yeah, the the Lycan Hypersport it does cross over a lot. Um, the Ford GT crosses over a lot. A lot of the trucks will also cross over, like the especially the the classic trucks, like the step sides, 
they'll cross over from big time muscle into uh, just trucks. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Well, that's all I have for <laughs> today, everybody. So does anybody have anything else that, that they want to mention? Well, I mean, we can kind of keep it going a little bit. I think, okay, you know, just to, <laughs> just to kind of elaborate a little bit, like, you know, we alluded to hyperspec, right? We alluded to big time muscle. So I'm sure like for the people that are actually been, that been following us for quite some time, they're pretty familiar with big time muscle. It's one of our longest lasting lines. Um, and like wave 178. Yeah. <laughs> yeah something we're, ridiculous we're, like that. Yeah, but, 159 actually. Yeah. But like <laughs> it's, it's pretty much what that name implies, right? Like it's just a line full of muscle cars. And when you have a, a, like a line that's ongoing for as long as it has, you're pretty much exhausting ev everything from like your classic muscle car to your modern muscle car, right? Um, same thing with uh, our new JDM tuners line. Mm. Um, but that obviously is tailored more towards the Japanese domestic market, you know, um, with the old Japanese import vehicles scene starting to come back. Um, we're kind of putting that big time muscle DNA back into the JDM tuners line where you have your uh, total classic Japanese cars to your modern Japanese cars. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now I think with the introduction, uh, introduction, I'm sorry, of hyperspec, um, it's just, what's the best way to describe it? Almost like a German, Italian, like yeah. supercar, collection of supercars, yeah, really. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if you think about like inserting something like the Lycan Hypersport, I'm not even really sure what that is, but it's a it's a hypercar yeah. or you know, just to that effect. So yeah. then it, it makes yeah, sense to go into that line, mm -hmm. right? So you think about like the Ford GT, for example, right? Um, I mean, it, it is... It, it is a muscle car, so it makes sense in the in the big time muscle line. Um, and going back to sticking the lichen into the big time muscle line, well, now we have a dedicated line such as hyperspec for it to go into, for it to live into. Um, I, I think you know a lot of big things coming from us. I think it's really exciting that we're being able to break into different categories of, of vehicles, whether mm -hmm. it's your classic muscle, your modern JDM, or just what everyone, what every car enthusiast, uh, you know, kind of grows up dreaming about in like the supercars. I, I got a question. Um, the NSX is considered a supercar. Would we throw that into hyperspec? I think it should go into hyperspec because it's actually considered a hypercar to be more exact, yeah. right? Yeah. We talk it, it is a hybrid, right? We talking well, the new NSX well, or the, the classic NSX? Well, right NSX. now we don't have the new NSX as a casting but yeah, if we were to where would you would you see it in both or would you that's see it more in hyperspec it's kind of that's kind of a hard one i would my opinion is to keep it strictly in jdm tuners really really yeah because the my viewpoint on the i don't know it's just like the nsx has always been like one of the jdm kings for me mm -hmm. and when i associate like hyperspec for example uh the first thing that comes into my mind is like the Lamborghinis, yeah. uh, maybe the Ferrari, like more of the exotics, yeah. the Germans, mm -hmm. right? The Italians, uh, yeah, and yeah. everything like that. That's interesting because for me, the older NSX, I think, should stay in JDM. Definitely. But the new version, to me, doesn't speak tuner. It doesn't, you know, you know? it's it's body lines and the yeah. design of it is... It's very is futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it... it 
it's got an interesting design. It's definitely modernized. It's elegant. It's like sleek looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's there's ways we can like modify it to make it look more tuner. Like where if we go to the the JDTC route, right? You know, um, or or you know, just throwing our flair onto it. I think we can make it a JDM type carb, but uh, I think it can live in both. Yeah, it's kind of for me. That's that my opinion. Area. Yeah, I actually saw one one a month ago on Valley Boulevard. Really? A black one. Really? I saw a blue one on the freeway the other day, actually. Really? I haven't yeah. seen one in the wild yet. It's, yeah. That's one thing I want to see. I, I mean, know. I've seen four GTs. Have I, you? I, yeah, yeah. I've seen, like, I was when we were driving up the coast, uh, going up north to uh, where we were going, uh, Santa Barbara or something, mm-hmm. I, there was one up there. Are we talking the uh, 2005 or the 2017? 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a story. I have a four GT story. Actually, it was pretty fun. <laughs> really? It was a Ford GT and a and a Carrera GT. Okay. I'm driving. I had I had a MR2 Spider, and my the, the top was down. It was a warm summer night, and I hear this rumbling coming to my left side. And I look to my left, and it was it was an older Ford GT, and it was like just it was a, like the 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 2000 model, like or 2000 uh, uh, almost 2005. Five, yeah, yeah. So it pulls up next to me. It's this crazy rumble. It sounded awesome. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow. And then I look to my right, another rumble comes, and it was the, the Carrera GT. Ooh. And I'm like, dude. So I let off my gas and just <laughs> let them do their thing. Because I was like, I'm this little dinky little MR2 uh, spider. Yeah, like, nah, dude, you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. Just take pride in it. Just go. I, know, I was like, man, it was, it, my car was totally stock. And like, um, if I even ever try, if I were to rev on them at 10,000 RPM or whatever, be like, <laughs> <laughs> I would have. It's a little fart in the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> but it was an experience because I it was there. The both car, well, the the four GT had such a rumble mm-hmm. that it, it was I, a V8. Yeah, and too. you can feel it. It was, it was like you know, and it was this was on the freeway with my top down. You can you know there was the wind was blowing, and it pulled up next to me. I can feel it. And then the the, the Carrera, it didn't near sound nearly as deep. But I can tell there was something coming yeah. on my right side, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, I don't know if these guys are messing with me or what, but uh, <laughs> let me just like, you know, I, I don't belong. <laughs> I'm just gonna back off here, backing down, yeah. backing down. Please don't, don't make me feel yeah like crap. Exactly. <laughs> but it was that was a cool experience, actually. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> wish I had a cool story like that. <laughs> None comes to mind right now, actually. No, no, not with like a supercar. Yeah. No, the coolest thing was what I saw like a LaFerrari rolling on the uh, yeah on the uh, 101. Oh, really? Yeah, like a month ago. Ooh. Yeah, that broke my neck. I mean, just yeah, yeah. Not a lot of things break my neck, but that yeah yeah that does. When you see them, I mean, I still get get blown away whenever I see, even though they're more popular now or or that you see them more often. But the any McLaren, yes, and they're on the yes. street. Can I tell you some? Like being in the industry that we are, it's like with toys and, and, and making vehicles in particular, like it's natural that we get rooted into the aftermarket automotive scene, right? Like the community and stuff like that, because that's really the basis or foundation of where a lot of the inspiration behind these vehicles come from. And so naturally we partake in like some of these aftermarket events at, at the shows and, and, and whatnot. So we're, we're around a lot of these really cool cars and am i like is it just me that gets like a little desensitized to being around 
like the supercar you know what i mean like mm. when you go to these events when you go to multiple events and you see like these custom like, like w whether they're wide body lamborghini ferraris or even just done up where they're lowered they have some sort of a kit and wheel on it you just see them over and over and over again that like when you're rolling on the regular street and you see a regular like aventador just stock rolling it's mm -hmm. like first of all it's very typical out in la and second you're seeing like all these extremely modified versions of them that yeah. like you're just kind of like eh. Well, you're exactly right. Like when I first saw that uh, the the Liberty Walk uh, Lamborghini, I, what, what year was that? I think it was three years ago. Something like two, three years the, ago. Yeah. After after that, every Lamborghini I see, it seems like it's missing something. Hmm. You know. Um, I see. Yeah, because the it was so aggressive and so like it, the lines just worked really well. Um, it seems like you know what's what's wrong with this one? It doesn't feel like it's complete. Well, like, yeah, it's like that, but also, you know, like for us living here in L.A. where it's, it's more or less, it's pretty common, I think, yeah. to be able to see these things. But you're taking it like one step higher in, in these shows, right? So it's funny because like for people that are not so rooted or involved in like the, the car culture of it all, um, maybe to them, they see it, they're like, oh, dude, that's so cool. It's a, it's a Ferrari, it's a Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. and, and we're just kind of like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're that's, saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just like if you see a Civic on the street, a stock Civic, it's like a stock Civic. But then when you go to the shows and you see a Civic that's fixed up, you you're like you're more inclined to be like, oh, that's cool. But you can, no. it's still the same Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Oh man, there's, I'm hey, sorry. This guy, this guy is. <laughs> oh, there's, I'm sorry. There's I'm a, a history. Yeah. Like I'm there's a the, Civic hater. So yeah. There's guys. there's a history for that car. <laughs> yeah. And I, I yeah. do see what you mean. But like I yeah. think oh, crap, it's right there. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> but I I, I I think like. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> you see it so often. I think with these supercars in in particular, it's just kind of like, and that's what I was referring to. Like, not a lot of things break my neck when I see them nowadays, like on the street, yeah. because I think I see them so much at the shows mm -hmm. that if I saw like a regular four eight eight or an Aventador or a Huracan on, rolling on the street, cool, yeah, right. But it's not gonna be like, but like you don't see a La Ferrari every day. You don't see a McLaren yeah. P1 every day. Yeah. And when you do come across one of those, then that's like, whoa. Like, yeah. then that can be stock for all I care. That's like a million dollar, two million dollar yeah. hypercar There's at that point. There's nothing else that you could do to it at that yeah. point. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I, yeah. That's Have you guys seen the McLaren, the McLaren um, Senna? I have. Not in person. No? Oh, well, yeah. Not in person. <laughs> yeah. That one's pretty sick. I saw yeah. a video clip of it rolling on the freeway actually over the weekend. I was like, ooh, I don't know what I would do if I came across one of those on the freeway. Oh, yeah. man. It's such an interesting car because, because like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of ugly, but it's gorgeous <laughs> at yeah. the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, but you see its lines, and but you could tell it's got like every single piece of it is made to function. You mm -hmm. know, it's made to just add add the downforce mm -hmm. it's just made to just take on all kinds of g-forces and stuff like that it's just a beautiful ridiculous car yeah yeah mclaren has always had a soft spot for me no i've <laughs> always had a soft spot for mclaren yeah but yeah um i feel like with me i'm still kind of like a little kid every time 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 i see a lambo you know even if it's stock but mm -hmm. i get what yeah. you're saying yeah because we yeah. see see a lot of cool stuff and so and so it does have that sort of 
aspect of like uh, it's kind of missing something yeah you know? don't get me wrong though i think like when it comes time for us to kind of translate you know whatever it is even if it's stock um into like a diecast model th- that's still an exciting component to it all mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you still want to do your due diligence to capture it's the true identity of what that vehicle is and, and, and what it looks like and in doing so i think you capture all like you get to see the smaller details of that car that maybe you don't see, you know, like from the very beginning. Um, so like when you're when we're talking about crafting like the kit for the car, for example, yeah. or anything like like the sharp lines, the edges, or when we're taking images for yeah. content or promotion on social media, we're actually looking at this car and thinking, okay, maybe this angle, maybe the rear quarter panel, because the lines are so sharp. Yeah, you, those things that you don't see initially, mm-hmm. that when it does get translated into a diecast model and we have to take a look at all these things, then it's kind of like, okay, this is now when it gets really cool. Yeah, yeah. And you have more of an appreciation in that regard. Yeah. In, our, in our line of work, we get really intimate with some of these cars. Like, they'll send us the references. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you guys staring yeah. into each other's <laughs> eyes now. Oh, but you, you get the, like, these reference images or, or, you know, maybe even go out to see the car in person. But because of what we do, we need to make sure that the detail is there. So we have to like look at every little bit of the car, mm-hmm. every little inch. You go in inside the car, looking at all the interior, taking pictures of every little angle, to we so we get the uh, the lines just right. And it, you know that's it's cool to be able to see like and appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into these cars. You know, from from down from the, the you know to from the Hondas all the way up to the Lamborghinis. You know, you we, we get to appreciate every little bit that goes into all of these cars, and it's, it's I think it's uh it's kind of rewarding. And then once you see that your model done, and then you compare it to the real one, and it looks pretty close, and and yeah. it's uh and it's appreciated by the licensor or the companies that manufacture the vehicle, that that's that's just icing. Yeah. Then at that point, it's like, oh, we've done this car justice. We've done it the Jada way. Yeah. Like, and there's no other way to do it. So There is no other way to do it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, along with those same lines, guys, um, I think we had, uh, had a great talk here. What, 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 um, what time are we at? 47 minutes. Yeah, 47 pretty good. minutes? Oh, okay. That's a PR for us. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. So, um, so if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and tune in for next week. Okay. See you next time. Peace.